In this episode, I'll be discussing why I'm not a feminist. What are some of the main problems with modern feminism? How about y'all answering? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I see problems with it and I am a feminist. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call myself like a modern feminist because like I said, I think the man should still be the head of the household. But I also think a lot of men are not respectable enough to be the head of my household. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big problem in society these days is, of course, women want a man to lead, but there's not a lot of men that are capable of leading right now. And that's why you see these that. women like kind of like kind of becoming the man because mm-hmm. they're not finding these they're not finding the strong men that they need to rely on. A lot of Muslim women are not feminist. And at first when I heard that, I was like, I don't get why. Like, why can't you be a Muslim woman and a feminist at the same time? Because I definitely would be like, yeah, I'm a feminist. Like, because people are like, okay, oh, you're not a feminist? Well, feminism is equal rights between men and women. So do you not believe men and women should be treated equally and have equal rights? Basically, they would villainize the person for th- like saying that they're not feminist. But feminism does not boil down to just equal rights between men and women. It goes way deeper than that. And I feel like feminists don't even talk about it or maybe don't even know about it. First of all, we have history. Feminist history is actually pretty dark, just like a lot of historical uh systematic things they always have dark history like always oh my god like even like the school system and all like there's always some deep creepy stuff in the background anyway like even ice cream trucks how can an ice cream truck song be like have a dark history i don't know anyways so we would think that feminism comes from like a wholesome place like a good intentioned place but feminism actually comes from Something a lot darker. The woman who started it all, Miss Mary Holst, Miss Mary Holstonecraft. Yeah, I don't know what her last name is. A bit hard for me to say. Okay, Miss Mary Holstonecraft. Yeah, so she started off with the ideologies of feminism. Feminism wasn't a thing in her time, which was around in the late 1700s. So feminism wasn't a thing yet. She coined the ideologies of feminism. She didn't put a title on it because apparently people adopted her ideologies and turned it into feminism, but she started off with the whole thing. So Mary Wollstonecraft was a Caucasian woman, of course, uh, who was English and she moved to France and was very interested in the French Revolution. So the French Revolution was a time, a very radical time in France, where there was a lot of beheading, you know, lots of violence and stuff. And what was going on was people who didn't share the same ideologies as the mass were being killed off, basically, just because of their ideas. So Miss Mary Wollstonecraft was very inspired by that. She actually wrote a whole, I don't even know what to call it, it's not an essay, it's not an entry I guess about her ideas about feminism and let me just read very interesting parts of what she wrote. In her uh, work called A Vindication of the Rights of Women, so basically she was like writing letters to this person, Taylor. Taylor was someone who demanded equality for French citizens and he was a diplomat in the Napoleonic era. So that's the era where France finally found stability after the whole French Revolution thing. So basically she puts a lot of value in education. She believes 
women should have education but then the way she evokes that she kind of downplays everything other than education so being a stay-at-home mom finding a husband love and all that she kind of makes it seem like it's a useless thing to have okay so she says profound conviction that the ne neglected education of my fellow creatures is a grand source of the misery i deplore and that women in particular are rendered weak and wretched by a variety of concurring causes originating from one hasty conclusion and then she goes on and says strength and usefulness are sacrificed to beauty one cause of this barren blooming i attribute to a false system of education gathered from the books written on this subject by men basically what i think she's saying is that women were taught that beauty is everything and education is not important so they were taught to prioritize beauty over education actually let me continue that phrase it was very interesting one cause of this barren blooming I attribute to a false system of education gathered from the books written on this subject by men who, considering females rather as women than human creatures, have been more anxious to make them alluring mistress, mistresses than affectionate wives and rational mothers. And the understanding of the sex has been so hobbled by this specious homage. Hey, I can't read specious homage that the civilized women of the present century with a few exception uh, with a few exceptions are only anxious to inspire love when they out to cherish a nobler ambition and by their abilities and virtues exact respect and obviously i think women being educated is very very important but let's not put down stay-at-home moms i feel like the main issue with feminism is there is no such thing as gender roles in feminism. However, in Islam, we know that gender roles actually play a very big role in just the way women and men live together. Everyone plays their roles and it works together, it meshes together. It's like two puzzle pieces. And people say like, if gender roles weren't real, then how are they created? Why do they exist? It's a natural thing. Gender roles are natural. It wouldn't become that way if it didn't work out for all these years, you know? That's how I see it. So the important points that we can take from Wollstonecraft is that she really valued rationality. It was a time where people were like, oh, this woman knows how to read, she's a witch type of thing. And this is when it just started, people just started like understand, understanding science. And yeah, so Mary Wollstonecraft was inspired by the doctrines of her time. Everyone was starting to understand the world around them. There was more like scientific discoveries, which was like helping them understand things, which is why Wollstonecraft thought rationality was just so important. When I searched up what was discovered in the late 1700s or in the 1700s period, it is a lot of basic scientific stuff that we use till this day obviously which is like uh gravity gravity bro like they just like started understanding that so of course they're gonna use rationality so it makes sense that feminism would start coming out at, during that time i don't completely disagree with what wollstonecraft says about feminism but we have to consider who is talking here this is a white woman who had privileges of course in her time and she was a scholar she would 
she was able to read and write as we can see. Yeah, so we can see that she comes from a privileged background. So knowing that the person who invented feminism comes from a background such as this, how could she possibly be able to model a whole movement for all people, including black women, all these things? Like, it's clearly not inclusive. And that's one of my biggest issues with feminism. My second point is feminism is political. We all know that these movements that we see are always political. Like the Black Lives Matter movement, BLM, everyone was on it, posting a black screen on their social media. But little did we know, they were making a lot of money. Where was that money going? Who knows? So apparently the funds that were given to the Black Lives Matter movement were used for things that had literally nothing to do with the movement. Apparently some people um, spent $6 million on buying their own personal home uh, with the funds given to the Black Lives Matter movement. So as we can tell, there is corruption in all these movements and it's never inclusive to everyone. Especially when it has such like, when it was such a popular movement and everyone was on it. When you see everyone hopping onto something very quickly, there's always like take it with a grain of salt like something is going on there back to the historical facts of this movement we know that feminism can be separated in three waves the first wave is probably the wave i am most aligned with so the first wave was like they're the only ones i believe did it right everyone else waste of time i'm sorry second wave third wave mm, nothing else to say first wave basically what they did was they were fighting for the right to vote. Women should have the right to vote. And that is actually something that Mary Wollstonecraft fought for as well. She wrote that, basically paraphrasing, um, women are half of the entire population, so their say should matter. They are part of society, so they should be able to vote as they are literally half of our society. And I completely agree with her point. Obviously, women should be allowed to vote. They live here. They live on this planet. They should have a say on how they live. And that's, I think, the one thing that feminism did good. Like, people are always like, oh, feminism did all of this, and you're just throwing it all away, da da da. And I'm just like, can we really say they fought for? What did they really fight for? For us to wear, like, booty shorts? Like, that's not what they fought for. I feel like the, the only thing they actually helped us with was the right to vote you know like that was actually something they did you know but can we really say it's feminism because whether feminism existed or not the right to vote to women was a thing that multiple different people would fight for islam for instance that's something that we fight for so many different groups of people who believe women should have the right to vote we shouldn't give all of that all of the recognition to feminists like let's not you know praise them too much yeah so first wave was like logical makes sense bro right to vote right to education your rights in marriage a woman's rights in marriage a woman's rights to properties uh her land you know which once again islam already does that for us we already know women have right to their land rights in marriage like we got all that already we don't need feminism we already got it <laughs> that pretty sums it up let's just finish that finish it here because that sums it up islam gives it gives us everything we need why do we need feminism for so the first wave was about giving women their rights in society within society okay so now the second wave which started broadening the perspective it became more wide it didn't just become 
women should be able to vote and have rights. Okay, so gender equality, reproductive rights, um, workplace, environment equality, and things like that. So it was a lot more wide and less like political and more like social and this is when the whole um debate about contraceptives started you know birth control so so yeah this is around the 1960s and the 1980s so people say that the radicalism of feminism started in during the second wave and the third wave but i believe feminism was radical since the start as i said mary wollstonecraft was inspired by the french revolution which was very radical it was like Oh, you don't believe what I believe? Pling, you're dead. So, very radical. And I believe feminism, since time, was always like that. The way you see Mary Wollstonecraft's writing, you could see she's radical. And that's actually what critics said about her as well. Other people who have read her work have read it and was like, wow, that's radical. Because she is very much like all or nothing type of mentality. The other thing, actually, I feel like feminism took a change and a very bad one it took a turn so in the first wave mary wollstonecraft believed in god she didn't separate god from honestly let me go find what i saw because i think that was very important because feminism nowadays has completely removed god from the equation which is an issue as a muslim for us muslim girlies we don't need anything that secludes god and actually goes against god it's like anti-mono monotheistic what is it mono monotheic what is the word oh my god feminism is mono is anti-monotheism most feminists are actually or most radical feminists most like feminists who are very like oh my god feminism blah, 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 like are atheists and they reject religion because they have the idea that religion is like part of the problem they think that every monotheistic religion is um part of the patriarchy they think we work on patriarchal systems. They still believe that God is a man in the sky who tells us what to do and gets mad. <laughs> like, or they'll believe that, oh, um, Muslim women are oppressed by their husbands and their brothers and all the males in their lives and they're being controlled. So that's why feminists reject our religion. So why are we going to go into a movement that rejects us? What is the point of that when our religion already gives us everything that we need. But back to Miss Mary Wollstonecraft. The point that Mary Wollstonecraft wanted to um, bring across was that everyone has inherent worth. God gives everyone inherent uh, worth and therefore women should be able to vote just as much as men. And I completely agree with that actually. I like what she says here. She says, who made man the exclusive judge if women partake with him of the gift of reason. So basically she's saying women and men both are able to have reason so why should men be the only ones to judge and stuff. And this um, point actually brings us back to gender roles. Women have such a big important role to play. Nurturing the children which is obviously not their only role, we all know this, but with the laws of nature, women are the ones who carry. Women are the ones with the breast milk. Naturally it is easier for a woman to nurture the child because they're literally attached to it. They literally have an umbilical cord. They do skin to skin, they have breast milk. They're literally connected in ways that a father and their kid are not connected. So it just makes sense for the woman to have the duties of nurturing, which is such an important big role. And then the men, the prophets are the ones who are like, you know, 
doing profit things. This is the issue of feminism. Feminists want to take on all the roles, but they, they don't realize how much of the shoes they'll have to fill. Because if you take on all the roles, you will be exhausted, you will be burnt out. Imagine being a woman who carried a child for nine months and then breastfeeding them after that, and then still wanting to work and provide for the whole family. Like, I don't see why you would want to take on roles like that. That's why I'm like, equality between man and woman? No, because <laughs> biologically we are clearly not made equal. Men and women are very different. We carry a whole child. Men don't do that. So it just doesn't make sense for a woman to do the same roles as them. And it's not like a old woman can't do what men can do. It's more of a like, let's make our lives easier by taking on the role that we naturally are able to do and then let the men do the other work. You know, it's like we're doing most of the work them do the rest like I don't have to take on all the burdens you know and yeah the third wave is when came in also like the LGBTQ plus community and stuff like that and the term intersectionality wow I can't say that word came in to this whole movement um, which is actually a term coined by Kimberly Crenshaw which is a jurist like a law person a black african-american woman who came up with this term. So intersectionality is when, okay, I said, I called Kimberly Crenshaw a jurist. That's literally in French. She is a lawyer. Yeah, so intersectionality, I love this like definition. So basically there's a, a metaphor attached to the definition, which is um, the metaphor of crossroads. Imagine roads, you know, where there's an intersection. Right, so basically intersectionality is where different types of discrimination kind of like clash, or not clash, but they they cross. So it is when different types of discrimination overlap, intersect, and reinforce each other. An example of this, a black woman. Not only is she a woman, but she is also black. So those are two uh, discriminations that cross each other. Well, they get discriminated for being black and discriminated for being a woman. So those are two things that cross each other. Or for me, black woman, Muslim, yeah. So there's like three things that kind of cross. So the issue of intersectionality is inclusivity, which is the issue in feminism. So in feminism, intersectionality was not really introduced until the third wave. So imagine all of these years of equality and only in the third final stage of the movement do they start including black women and intersectionality and intersectionality is not even a solution it is actually a problem it's actually the definition of an issue in intersectionality there's a blind spot so a blind spot is like um an area where a person's vision is obstructed right for instance you're driving and you can't see a certain place so in intersectionality the issue lies with black women Black women are the blind spot because intersectionality, there's the representation of, let's say, black men, the representation of white women. But when it comes to being a black woman, oh no, being black and being a woman, that don't work because we already have people being represented in the black movement. They have like a ideal prototype, which is the black man. When you think BLM movement, what do you think? You think of a black man. When you think feminism, what do you think? You think of a white woman. So when it comes to becoming a, a black woman, there is no room for representation for you. And that's where the issue lies. 
That's why I say feminism is not inclusive. When you think feminism, you think white woman. You don't think black woman. And black women are often underrepresented. And same with black Muslim women, they're also underrepresented because when you think Islam, you think some Arab woman with a hijab, or you think a bearded Arab man. Generally, people don't think, oh, black woman. So that's where the blind spot comes in. Yeah, there's a big issue with that in feminism. Another issue with feminism is that it comes from a... <laughs> this is gonna sound so harsh, but it comes from the perspective of a white Caucasian privileged woman. Caucasian privileged woman. White and Caucasian means the same thing. Anyways, knowing that it comes from her perspective, she cannot possibly understand other woman. This is the example of Europocentrism. So Europocentrism is when Europeans or Caucasians consider their cultures and values to be universal and therefore they hold the idea that the whole world should like them. That's like what happened in Qatar during the World Cup. We all saw it like people were like throwing shade to Qatari people just because they don't like allow public display of like you know and people were like mad about it but that's liter literally europocentrism your values don't apply to every single other place in the world and that's the issue with feminism gender roles are important in islam and when it comes to culture there's also gender roles in different cultures they put place a lot of importance in that so when it comes to europocentrism they believe that everyone should think the way they do and they don't take into consideration that maybe that their ideals, their way of life and everything is not the same as everyone else's. Your way of living doesn't always apply to everyone. That's why I believe that the first first wave of feminism was the best one out of all of them, honestly. Like, I feel like modern feminism is so contradictory, so political, like, nothing makes sense in it, honestly. Like, there's no, there's nothing to it, like. But the first wave, it was just like, logic that was universal of course rights for a woman around the world that makes sense but now a days i know they say that feminism have, has widened but i think it actually did the opposite it's for more narrow-minded people there's just europocentrism laced all throughout the feminist movement all their ideals are europocentric that's why you don't see feminism being such a big thing in countries like in uh, the east like yes when there was a whole hijab thing in iran that honestly i don't even think you could link that to feminism i think that's the own human rights thing people are saying that feminism only became radical in the second and third movement however it's been radical since the beginning i don't think feminism actually goes back to the roots it kind of deviated from it because the roots were really about basic rights basic human rights for women of voting and now it became something unrecognizable like what even is feminism now i don't even know france is evidence of feminism not even making sense anymore like we see feminists because I do this because feminists say, oh yeah, we're just trying to fight for the rights, equal rights for women and men. No, you're not. Because if you were, why are you forcing these hijabi young women to remove their hijab? Like, how is that feminism? I thought it was freedom of to be able to wear what you want and freedom of speech, freedom of expression. I know a lot of feminists, like I said, they're anti-monotheism because in France at least, which is basically, I can't say if that's where it started. Feminism really started in the US, but nowadays I'm seeing it like going crazy in the France, in France. France has always been radical though. Like they're actually like, 
they're crazy <laughs> we all saw the french revolution we know how they are so they want to separate the state from religion they want laws to be completely not um inspired by religion which makes no sense because like since time it's always been inspired by religion where does laws come from like there are laws that people can consider immoral so laws shouldn't be what people follow morality can be one of two things it could be um collective morality where a group of people which is i think what's going on right now decide um that these different things equal morality so they all agree on this and this being morality or it could come with within so you choose and decide what you think is moral and what isn't however that's a bit individualistic because if everyone has their own moral compass and like everything everyone decide well we really live in a world where it's a bit of both collective and um individual morality we all have our own moral compass but we also all follow the same amount of rules universally killing someone is seen as immoral as bad so we all did agree on certain things but i think france has taken it a step too far with their government and they're deciding to just choose for everyone and like no one should have a religion basically so feminists in france are deciding for a woman for a muslim woman that oh you are being oppressed you don't know what you need you don't know what's good for you i know what's good for you let me like tell you what to do like take off your hijab you should want to show your body and that because if that's my definition of freedom that should be your definition of freedom again europocentrism literally europe because that's france so it applies very well to this example yeah that's the issue with feminism like how are you to tell me what i want how are you to tell me what freedom is i have my own definition of freedom issues with feminism they do not include god which god should be the center of our lives as muslims they are very contradictory actually let me get to this point so feminists believe that a woman should have the exact same rights as a man and not only that they also believe that they can do whatever a man does so they want to become men basically they put men on such a pedestal that they believe that being a man is the ideal therefore i want to be a man i want to have the same rights as a man i want everything that a man has feminists need to decenter men that's all they got to do because they see men as that's the ideal that's what i want to reach that's who i want to be they work so hard to become like that and by doing that you're throwing away your freedom because being able to just do like what comes naturally to you without having to take on all the other burdens is way better than becoming a man because if you're a man not only do you naturally have to take care of a child be nurturing but you also gotta go find a job and work and be a nine to five girly or maybe like just a workaholic because the economy nowadays like you're gonna have to work a lot so i don't see why you would want to throw away your freedom become a mom and take on the role of a man too like you want to be two people in one what is that for that's what feminists are putting forward why would any girl want that no one wants that and i feel like they're so contradictory they are feeding into the patriarchy like they are letting men make us suffer even more like you're making it worse like you tried to do something but you're just making it worse and that leads to the concept of weaponized incompetence we see this a lot where men will pretend that they don't know what they're doing and as a result the woman will just do it for them or they'll like be off the hook they won't have to do anything i feel like men are like winning at the end of the day because of feminism you would think feminism would be helping women, but it's actually helping men more. They are taking on, taking on all the roles as feminists. And now men don't have to do anything. Like, 
Oh, my wife cooks, cleans, takes care of the children, brings in money. I can just sit down on the couch and do nothing. My wife will pay all the bills, raise all the kids, and I'll be fine. Like, you see what we're doing here? We're letting them off the hook by becoming feminists. Why would you want to do that? I also believe that feminists are low-key man-haters. I've seen recently a video about women who are talking about like when they hear people say oh men have the highest suicide rates and other some feminists will really be like oh good they deserve it or like i'm like are you good taking it a step too far and they have like taken humanity away from men they see them as like monsters that's an islamic our prophet sallallahu was a man what are we doing here why are we hating on them and now for how it affects our islam so feminism once again they do not um take into consideration gender roles and in islam gender roles are actually an important thing they actually help we see it in the ways that all of the sahabas lived and actually that's an issue that we're seeing in modern day feminists they want to change the quran and sunnah i feel like some of our faith even comes from the fact that the, the Quran and Sunnah has not been changed since it was revealed. We know this. We, um, as Muslims, are fundamentalists. We want to keep it the same way. And that's how it should be. So feminists wanting to change that to, um, to fit their agenda better, it makes no sense. Because Islam is a perfect religion. It is not flawed whatsoever. And to that point, I believe that anything that goes against your Islam just should be is like basically haram or like not not um recommended because for instance like we know that being under the influence that affects your islam so therefore it's haram anyways i'm not no scholar so don't take my word you know anyway yeah anything that interferes with your islam i believe you're not supposed to do it like if you know that doing this specific thing will affect your prayers will affect your iman your mental well-being and stuff then it's haram basically right so once again not no scholar take my words with a grain of salt i feel like all of these uh these movements and these big ideas if they don't take into consideration god then it just will be flawed at, in the end or maybe it's just if they're taken as a complete lifestyle if you take feminism as an entire lifestyle there won't be any room for Islam. And same with like all these other things like stoicism, humanitarianism, all of these isms, right? They will take all the room and your Islam is going to be out the door. Like, like you won't even see a need for Islam, astaghfirullah, honestly, because you're just so focused on the dunya. And I feel like that's the issue with all of these movements. They're all dunya focused. Nothing goes into the akhirah and building for your akhirah like stoicism for instance they tell you to you know not show too much emotion da, da, da. but when you make stoicism your lifestyle you're like going to be neglecting the sunnah because we know in the sunnah the prophet وسلم, he showed emotion all the time he whenever someone would pass away he would cry and he would show empathy to a child who his pet bird passed away and stuff like that and it's just like taking other things as your lifestyle that will make you forget islam which is never good like islam is our feminism it tells us exactly what we need to know we know our rights all through the quran we do not need this atheistic western modern movement to tell us what to do because we already have it and it's been perfect since time we don't need any more changes we are fundamentalists as muslims 
rightfully so because we know our religion is perfect it's all we need another thing is feminists are actually very hypocritical and is completely political at least modern day feminism because we know that when a um let's say a politician decides to publicly state that he believes only in binary genders he doesn't believe in any trans or whatever um, he is gonna receive hate, maybe lose funding, even a scientist maybe lose funding and therefore that makes feminism political. If you don't follow the feminist views, you will be cancelled. And that just shows that feminism is not good intentioned. It's not for women. It is for whatever will benefit the person on top. This is helping the West, the government. Like, we see Joe Biden always talking about, yeah, I'm for the, the LGBTQ plus community, I'm for them, them, them. Why do you think he says that? He wants to gain the support from everyone. If he was to be against it, he wouldn't be like doing so good in his, you know, career. Like look at Donald Trump. He was so open about how he was against so many things. And look at him now, wasn't he like, he's like losing a bunch of money, like going to court, all these things. Like, so I think these movements, especially when God is not, considered in them is all dunya focused it's all corrupt it's all about like money at the end of the day it's always money another historical fact so this is kind of like the second wave ish or like right before the second wave so uh during world war ii 1945 yeah it was during the war so 1945 or was that the end let me see so World War II ended in 1945, started in 1939. So during that period, women who were typically at home taking care of their husband and, you know, the children, or if they don't have children, only taking care of their husband and taking care of the house and all that. Once their men went to the war, they have like, they had like a identity crisis because they were living for their men. They were providing for these men. Once those men left, these women had nothing much to do. So they decided to join different groups. So some women started going to church more and became more involved so that they feel like they have a sense of identity, a sense of purpose. And then some women decided, let's do some feminism stuff. Let's do some work there. So feminism was created out of boredom. <laughs> this is the point I was trying to make. Feminism was actually more of a, a selfish act. So it was actually like created so that these women feel a purpose, kind of like, we you know, white heroism, like, you know, women wanting, wanting to go and save the world and, and feel good about themselves. So it was like a selfish act. It wasn't, oh, I want to make a difference because I, as a woman, da 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 da, da. It was, I want to feel good about myself. I'm bored. I need purpose. That's what these women went to do. And I feel like that is like evident in feminism till this day. Like when we see these French white women, again, this is a selfish act. They're doing all these feminist things to make themselves feel better. Not taking into consideration the people they're trying to help. They're believing that, oh, these, um, Arab woman, they don't know what they want. Um, oh, they're uneducated. They have all these stereotypes about women and then they think that they're helping them, but really they're just doing it so that they can feel better about themselves. Feminists are very selfish. Meanwhile, they're actually ruining lives by not letting these innocent 
Muslim women in France to wear the hijab and express their religion. Uh, religion is linked to well-being, mental health. It goes very, very deep, and I don't think they see that. It's really all about them. It's Europocentric. They only believe in their values and their way of life. Finally, feminism is flawed, hypocritical. <laughs> I mean, I could go on, y'all. Um, selfish, white supremacist, um, uh, white saviorism, um, I mean, we could keep going, really. Honestly, like, it's just too much. Like, we don't need it. Yes, it did help with making a global change in allowing women to vote. But again, we can't attribute all of it to feminists because there is a lot of other things, other factors who um, allowed women to have the right to vote. Because we actually know that colonization played a big role in women being allowed to vote. Another history lesson here. So in Africa, for instance, what actually allowed women to vote is actually colonizers because we know Europe colonized a lot of countries in Africa and a lot of countries only became independent in like late 1900s. So being able to vote, that was in the hands of the colonizers. And actually what happened is colonizers saw the way that black women were so involved in the social settings of uh, their country. So they would see like, oh, women are talking to the men and convincing them to do this and this with their business and all that. So they were involved with like business matters and political stuff, even though they, the men tried really hard to not involve women in political stuff, women always had an impact because they're like social beings they are literally half of the population, so obviously they will have an influence on the way people think and everything. So colonizers saw that, they're like, oh, these women are actually very useful. So they're like, actually, let's give them the right to have some political, you know, influence, right? So they're like, let's allow them to vote only so that it could benefit us, the colonizers. Because if we uh, build this alliance between the black women, the African black women, then we'll continue to have power in their countries. Because that's all they wanted. Colonizers wanted power. So by doing, creating this alliance, saying, hey, I'll give you the... <laughs> I'll give you the right to vote. You continue to help me out with my stuff. That allowed colonizers to continue having power, like when it comes to all this, you know, business, money, transactional stuff, and also social. Because if the black women are like, oh, look at the colonizers, they gave us the right to vote. We love the white people. <laughs> and then they'll tell everyone, like, oh, black people, yeah, trust the white people. They'll, they'll help us out, you know? That's gonna make them look good to the rest of the black people. And they'll keep having power. And that's basically what they did. So, once again, feminists didn't do all the work. Stop giving them more credit than what they are deserving of because they, you know, they didn't do that much. Feminism just comes from a very rocky foundation. Nothing wholesome there. Like, there's no good intentions there. Like, it's very selfish. Also, when you don't agree with a feminist, there tends to be consequences. A retired English university professor at the University of Ottawa called Janice Fiamingo, uh, decided that one day she wanted to do a presentation at the University of Ottawa about the support that she saw the University of Ottawa gave to um, the actions taken against sexual aggression in universities. So Janice Fiamingo went to the university, ready to do a uh, presentation. She kind of had uh, controversial views about it because she believed uh, sexual aggression to be a, a paranoid fantasy 
and people a bunch of students stopped her from her speech from making her speech by interrupting her being very disruptive etc etc and these were feminist students doesn't this sound familiar it sounds a bit like the foundation of feminism which was inspired by the french revolution we know that during the times of the french Re revolution people who didn't agree with certain ideas the ideas of the mass they were beheaded they went against the status quo so feminists if they see you don't agree with them there is no room for exceptions or anything they will just straight up say okay you don't agree with us consequences you deserve jail you don't have any value they see that often with men as well if a man says he's not a feminist straight away they'll be like okay then you don't matter to me feminists are very absolute their feminism as a principle is very absolute where there is no room for exceptions and therefore they don't take into consideration why someone would not consider them a feminist because of certain little situations that they have in their lives like cultural or religious reasons it is all about again eurocentrism they only think of their own values and don't think oh maybe my values don't apply to someone else's life yeah i just find it weird how feminists will completely like disregard someone who just doesn't agree with them like oh you don't believe in this okay well you don't exist to me you deserve to die type of thing like it's very very black and white very very absolute so an absolute principle would be something fundamental unchanging and it's considered universal, uh, unconditionally true, and valid. So no exceptions, no modifications, no new interpretations. And that's exactly what feminism is. You might argue that maybe Islam is that way, but we know that Islam comes from God. Therefore, it is perfect. It was made perfect. Feminism is a human-created principle. Of course, it's going to be flawed. We don't know everything. We are very lacking in knowledge. So how can we say that this principle is universal, unconditional, it's unchangeable, it applies to all situations, and not think it's flawed? Maybe it's because feminism has a foundation of hypocrisy and um, selfishness, and it's egocentric. Maybe that's why. Maybe because it is not good intentioned. I don't know, just a thought there. <laughs> It also brings me to think, um, what does feminism actually stand for? Where does the rationality come into play? What are they inspired from? We already know they're inspired from the French Revolution, but let's say someone doesn't know that. Where would they think all of it comes from, right? Because we know that religion is what we're inspired from to know what is right and wrong. But what does feminists believe is right and wrong? Do they just believe that everything right is when a woman is equal to a man? In that instance, feminism is flawed to its core because we know that men and women are biologically not equal whatsoever. Or I can't say whatsoever because we're all human, of course, we're all from the same species. However, we are very different biologically, clearly. Obviously, we have our similarities, but yeah, very different as well. This brings me to the principles in bioethics or Vaughn's moral principles. When I think of Vaughn's moral principles, I believe this is what non-religious people would use as a guide to decide what is good and what is bad. So Vaughn's moral principles is autonomy, non-maleficence, uh, beneficence, utility, and justice. What does feminism represent? Because autonomy, 
it could be a little bit of autonomy like um someone's um ability to self-govern so it's respecting someone's choice of choosing for themselves however we've seen already feminists don't do that because they like to choose for young muslim women what they can wear so we've already seen feminists are not following autonomy clearly and then non-maleficence is the uh general do no harm so just like don't do any unnecessary harm well we could argue that feminism mm, yeah maybe it could follow yeah maybe it follows that to do no unnecessary harm but again with the hijab thing it seems like they were like digging their nose in something that does not concern them they were doing unnecessary harm so i don't know can we really say feminists are following non-maleficence that's another thing they're not following because the unnecessary harm was done to muslim women who were peacefully wearing hijab and then all of a sudden feminists are like oh you guys are oppressed let's make you guys forced to not wear it just so you could be free like us even though we have our own eurocentric way of thinking what freedom is like your own definition of what freedom is but whatever okay next we have utility so utility is the principle to minimize the harm and maximize the good welfare of others so it's like for instance, in a uh, scarcity uh, situation, a um, oh, in a triage where there is not enough resources, maybe not enough staff, you know, like during the pandemic where they were lacking like masks and oxygen stuff and all that. So utility would be where in a case of like a triage, they would focus on helping with the general health of like the public versus autonomy. There you go. So they wouldn't be so focused on helping each individual person and respecting each individual person's rights they're more focused on helping the general public so that's like pandemic ethics like it's always like that they always focus on the general public so in utility again principle of minimizing the harm maximizing the good let's think of feminism do they apply this principle of utility in their movement i mean if we go off of the fact that feminists like to stick their noses in and what doesn't concern them because of their europocentrism they just believe that everyone should have the same values as them so like when we saw again with the qatar uh world cup people were mad that you know um arabs have a different way uh, have different values and everything uh, yeah, in that way, they are not maximizing the good and minimizing the evil because utility is actually a substitute to non-maleficence and beneficence in an imperfect world, which clearly we don't live in no utopia. We live in an imperfect world. So utility is a substitute to non-maleficence and beneficence. And what is non-maleficence and beneficence? It is do no harm and aim to do good. Beneficence, oh, I forgot to explain that. Beneficence is to aim to do good. We know feminists ain't doing no, none of that because, again, their foundation is based off of white supremacy, off of being selfish, and off of their own good, of, like benefiting white supremacists own good so it was never really like a humanitarian like let's make the world a better place type of thing it was really a let me make myself feel good about myself type of thing so yeah they are not following utility there you go now justice so this is that people should be treated fairly <laughs> honey that is also not being followed because if feminists did treat people fairly obviously we see hijabis wouldn't be forced to take off their hijabs and everyone would be include 
included and considered in their their little movement so yeah we already know feminism is not inclusive it has some intersectionality issues we know that black women face issues with feminism because it's like where do they fit in in the movement and yeah again the blind spot where uh representation isn't being given to black feminists or black muslims because we know that when you think feminist the representation is automatically white woman yeah that's the blind spot there we just know that feminism is really just political it is not good intentioned because if it were it would at least follow some of these four principles of morality right yeah feminism is not a good movement it's not a good principle should not be like your way of life it's not a good lifestyle because it is corrupt but then again i know people say like oh you can define what feminism is to you like your own definition of feminism but in that case feminism would not be a movement it wouldn't be a collective thing it would be your own thing so maybe like find a different word for it because if we're all saying we're feminists but then we all have our own different definitions of it is it really feminism yeah, it's like saying this is math but then everyone has their own definition of math so is it really math mm, i don't know feminism has no room in my um world because islam is my world honey that's my conclusion that's why i'm not a feminist and um i obviously believe women deserve rights and everything me saying that i'm not a feminist doesn't mean like that i believe that woman should be like stuck in the kitchen being pregnant every nine months and stuff you know like obviously women should be educated have money you know do all the things they want as long as it doesn't affect what their islam thank you for listening kind of went on a rant there but you know i'm passionate about this stuff so i hope this gives you some sort of enlightenment or something you know a new perspective to it maybe a better understanding and if you have any other points to add on to it i would love to learn more let me know so thank you for watching this episode of the fta podcast from the dunya to the akhira see you on the next episode